0: Inside Sources. The eyes of the world, of course, are on China right now in the midst of the Beijing Olympic Games. And while their athletes are trying to pull out a win and the country is trying to look good on the international stage, will China win on the diplomatic front? Maybe not. China's image around the world is more tarnished than most people realize. So the question then is, what are they doing wrong? And more importantly, how can America respond in a way that is better and right Joshua Kurlancic is a senior fellow for Southeast Asia at the Council on Foreign Relations and joins us now to give us some deeper insight into this. Josh, thanks for joining us today. Sure. No problem. So give us some perspective uh, in terms of where is uh, China on the world stage right now?
2: Well, China's definitely a major global power. They've upgraded their military uh, significantly. They're sort of a little, maybe a little bit behind the United States in the ways that we would measure power. But not that much, and they've caught up quicker on the defense side than Mm -hmm. people had uh, previously imagined.
0: Yeah. Well, let's from your perch there on the uh, Council on Foreign Relations. Let's get to some of that uh, diplomatic power and where they are. Chinese government increasingly aggressive in the diplomacy uh, standpoint. Give us a perspective on some of that kind of power.
2: There's no way to really conclusively measure, you know, the value of other countries sharing your. Political values or of other countries wanting to work with you, but it, it's an enormous inherent asset. So, like what we would call Western Europe and the United States, share pretty similar political values. There's a warmness that's been built up over time through positive diplomacy. China, on the other hand, has become increasingly authoritarian over the last 10 years under the current leader Xi Jinping. Now more authoritarian than it was at any time since Mao Zedong was the leader of China and that has alienated a lot of countries around the world. They basically repressed freedoms in Hong Kong and are accused of genocide in the western area of Xinjiang. And at the same time China has started to practice this this extremely sort of assertive, aggressive diplomacy in which they basically tell other countries do what we want we're going to use, you know, economic or political. That's not really a winning tactic, you know, at all. It's sort of like, I don't mean to betray my age here, but it's sort of like the Michael Corleone style of negotiating. Like you could win, you could succeed like that for a while, you know, especially as a very powerful country, but you wind up with very, very few real friends and that's a problem. And the second thing is that China doesn't have a lot of, of, Influence beyond its government, its military, and its economy, which is certainly a lot of influence. Right. But in the past, the U.S. had all sorts of vehicles of sort of portraying this idea of America. They weren't necessarily connected to the government. You know what I mean? Like Hollywood. Mm. You know, Hollywood is enormously influential in portraying an image of the United States. Like sports stars, right? Like going all the way back to like Babe Ruth. All these other ways that we would call soft power, China doesn't really have that. Because China is so repressive, they can't have those things, like artists or athletes, etc. can't really produce good work. Mm. So they lose on that front, too. And so the result is that China's global public image, except for a few places, is terrible. And the Olympic Games, I would say, are not helping.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, so, so as you look at all of this, uh, Josh, as you kind of digest all of that and, and how that positions, wh- what is the right thing for the administration? What's the right thing for uh, people in Washington to, to be saying or doing uh, as it relates to China? Do you just let them go and keep digging their own hole? Uh, do we just take time to sh- make sure we're shoring up all of our other strategic alliances? What's, what's the thing that we should be doing in relationship to China?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, that's like a million dollar question, and I'm not sure I can give you an answer in three minutes. I mean, people in the US, in the U.S. policymaking community probably have 10 different answers. Um, in terms of China's poor global image, my general view is if they want to go around bullying and coercing other countries, the U.S. should just let them do that. And other powers like France or sure Japan or whoever should just let them do that if they want to why stop a potential adversary? I'm not saying they are an adversary, but why stop a potential adversary when they're making mistakes? But in terms of the other issues, which are very serious issues, I don't know that I can tell you that I have one answer. I mean, the United States industry and services industries are enormously dependent on China. So it's different than the Cold War when, yes, it was dangerous. The United States and Russia had, you know, 8,000 nuclear missiles pointed at each other and, there were many times of real danger, but there was no real economic linkage. So you're seeing actually right now, you order your latest uh, you know, iPad and it takes like seven months to arrive or you want your new Samsung phone with many parts of which are manufactured in China. China's not purposely throttling the world's supply chains, but if they wanted to, they could throttle the supply chain and the and U.S. consumers would be left, and companies would be left massively adrift like if China just said tomorrow we are no longer like we're we kick, we're kicking Apple out of the country or we're kicking Tesla out of the country of course that would be like a hurt them as well but it's an un, it's a unique situation in which we are both ramping up military tensions with China while at the same time inc- incredibly economically interdependent I would be lying if I told you that anyone has some complete coherent answer to that. Yeah, I think that one thing that the Biden administration is doing and the Trump administration tried to do too is in some areas that are really, really important, like semiconductors, chips, other things that can be used for military uses and are also critical to every, basically every industry that relies on chips. Both Trump and Biden have invested a massive amount of money in shifting some of that production back to the U.S., building massive factories in Arizona and several states. So that's one answer. But I don't think there's any any great answer. And right now, the Biden administration has been struggling for months, literally, to develop and put out a coherent China strategy. And they're struggling.
0: Yeah. Complicated, complex issues, to be sure uh Joshua Kurlensic uh senior fellow for Southeast Asia at the Council on Foreign Relations appreciate your perspective that's a it is complicated stuff uh but a lot of great insight there some things we all should be thinking about thanks for joining us today
2: okay thanks anytime
0: all right as we look at all things happening in China again that's going to be a complicated alliance uh on some things and head to head competition on a host of others and how we navigate that is going to be a real test for the administration, for the military, and for all of us. That rounds out hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We'll break for top of the hour news. When we come back, we'll talk some more about the politics of it all, where the sides are going, and
1: what comes next. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cawley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold.